to the Gridiron Show and after a crazy first day of free agency, we're going to go back over our top 10 storylines from day one of the new NFL season. The Browns, the Brocks and everything else going on. It's been absolutely nuts. No Ollie Hunter, I'm afraid today, but hell have we got a great replacement. You'll hear from him in a moment. This is the Gridiron Show. Well, hello and welcome to the Gridiron Show in association with Touchdown Trips, getting you in the game. Uh, lots of interest being registered in our whoa, trip for next year. Down we've got to a sponsor South. since I've last done it. A sponsor. <laughs> Simon Clancy. <laughs> <laughs> That's how long it's been since you've been on. Yeah, we've got a sponsor and we're doing, wow. a, tri- we're doing a trip next year, Simon. I'm really glad you clearly listened to the show. Uh, we're going to the Deep South. We're doing Louisiana. We're going to New Orleans. Uh, is this gonna, an advert or a podcast? Uh, <laughs> well, no, but we're do- it, this is a, it's an advert to start the podcast because nice. we're, do- we're doing a trip. We're going to New Orleans. We're hopefully going to Tennessee, Atlanta. We're going to go to an LSU game, some Friday night lights. We're going to do 10 days. We're going to pack two or three NFL games in, a couple of college games. It's going to be brilliant. This sounds like a great trip and an excellent <laughs> advert. And with flights and everything else, it's going to cost trips. you around the two grand mark. So touchdowntrips.com. It's going to be the trip of a lifetime, Simon. They fancy. sound like cool guys. They are cool guys. This is a disgrace. Right. Uh, welcome to the Grind Show. Obviously, there is a ludicrous amount for us to cover from a football perspective from the first day of free agency. Uh, the baseball front office that did a basketball trade that's completely blown up the NFL. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo getting hacked on Instagram. Peace out, dudes, or whatever it was he said. Um, unfortunately, Ollie is not with us today. I can't say whether or not that's due to the torrent of abuse that the Green Bay Packers received on our group WhatsApp last night. Uh, but I can confirm that what we haven't done is get rid of him to inside the huddle in a salary cap dump. And we're happy to say that he will be our co-host and continue to be our starter beyond this week. So Ollie will be back in his place. It's coming up to draft season. So who else would we be speaking to other than Simon Clancy? Hello. That's yeah. That's when you jump in and. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, this is where I jump in. Oh, so the, the <laughs> bit about the advert for touchdown tours that's going to be cut. Touchdown out. trips, mate. Come on. Trips, sorry. No, that's Cut all. That that's well. all staying. Well, it will be the gridiron deep south tour. That's what nice. it's called. Nice. I'm, I'm liking the sound of that. Because I wanted to call it the dirty south tour, but apparently that has hip hop connotations. Yeah, don't want to go there, mate. That sounds mucky. <laughs> but you'd go to the deep south. I'd go to the down, whatever the one, the mucky one sounded like. I'd go to that one. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Good. Uh, Simon, pleasure to have you back on with us. Uh, and, uh, it's been Max... nine years, Will, since I've been on. <laughs> uh, and it's, it's all got a lot more technological, confu- technologically confusing since. leather helmets since the last time then. I was invited on. <laughs> um, oh, do you remember, do you know what, what I almost did last night when I got in? I nearely watched a draft day. It's on Netflix. I seriously Brilliant. considered it, and instead I went to I, bed. I actually think it's a decent film. <laughs> I, we went and saw it at like a screening room thing that the NFL put on in London, and then it didn't get released here for about another six months afterwards. I'm like, way to create some buzz, guys. It was on um, general release for one night. That's how bad it was. Brilliant. I, I quite liked it, but it, it is absolutely ludicrous, or at least we thought it was ludicrous until the Cleveland Browns went nuts yesterday. So what we're going to do, we are going to do our top 10 in no particular order 
moves from the opening day of free agency. It could be a single move. It could be, a, it could be an entire franchise, what they've done. It could be a position group. Uh, we're going to go around the room and do that. And then we'll mop up some of the other bits and pieces, some of your tweets, etc. as well. Uh, before we get to any of that, though, Simon... Matthew, at this point, I'd normally ask Ollie if there's anything he wants to share from his life, if there's anything that he wants to talk about. So, boys, how are you? Is there anything new going on with you? Yeah, I'm good. Nothing new. Good. Yeah, I'm good too. All nothing new. Perfect. Let's talk some football. Uh, so we're doing. The I'm t- not as self-involved as you and Ollie. <laughs> like the listeners yeah. are desperate to know. Very touchy-feely kind of, you know. <laughs> That's everyone's favourite bit of the podcast. People love the film reviews. People. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the eight seconds with which it took you to ask the two of us that's all that people are tuning in for <laughs> yeah, well normally that section is a lot well, longer I can make something up fancy. if you like if no gonna, you know. I, I desperately don't want you to do that um, okay so can we plug touchdown tours? <laughs> we, trips, we, we trips, to, damn touchdown trips. You are trips. absolutely useless. Um, you, uh, you're not allowed back. This is what happens when you get somebody from the BBC on. No idea oh. how to sell, do you? Is this going out on Talksport Four? <laughs> Whoa! Oh God! <laughs> Paraplegic what sister of <laughs> sports radio. <laughs> Um, you, you do realise that TalkSport 2, what, for one of the adverts, it says the prodigal son of sports radio. Like, the prodigal son is not a good fable. Uh, uh, no. <laughs> so, that, that, would not be, that would not be a sale line on touchdown trips. No, it wouldn't. <laughs> but that's our sale line on TalkSport 2. Oh, good. One night of drama last night, though. Manchester United, we didn't get the Leon Roma game. We took the Man United game instead. And I was really pleased about it. Is this your personal bit? Or <laughs> no, yeah. Somehow we've football? somehow we've got back onto that. Right. Well, what I, what, can I just say on, on personal bits? I'm, I really enjoy Simon's suggestion that we basically don't invite him on this podcast. When the reality <laughs> is, he's been invited multiple times and just could never ever fit his. We do it at like three a.m. on a Sunday morning or two thirty four on a bit. Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> Look, when you we were. Lot. You, I've been asked like twice. You are the biggest the, like, diva. The only thing people tune in for. <laughs> when it comes to the timing, <laughs> diva, Simon, you are the biggest diva. diva. Possible. You, it's like, yeah, I could do Tuesday, but it has to be either before 6.45 or after 10.30 p.m. I'm like, can't do it. It's either called of those, so having sorry. a life, William. It's, it's, yeah, maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Children and that. No, thank you. Uh, Top 10 storylines from day one of free agency. We're going to give three each, uh, which you're sitting at home going, but Will Gavin, we thought you were the Rachel Riley of this podcast. Three each only makes nine. What is the 10th storyline? Obviously, we're going to start off by talking about the Cleveland Browns and the Houston Texans and the trade yesterday that made Twitter literally explode because if you... Can I just say before we continue? Yeah. There is not a person out there <laughs> who thinks of you in any way, shape, or form as Rachel, the Riley. Rachel Riley of this podcast. Rachel Riley tweeted me the other day. It was maybe the oh, highlight of my God. life. God, do you yeah, ever maybe stop? Mark Riley <laughs> or Teddy Riley, but not Rachel Riley. Maybe, well, not Mike Riley either. There's, there's no, maybe more likely it's... Mike Riley. Yeah, Mike Riley's. You know, maybe he's tweeted me before, and I've just missed it. But Rachel the Riley, Jenny Riley, she run this I'm podcast aware. does make me think of Mike Riley. <laughs> <laughs> you've li- you've literally Jeff mentioned Winter. this. 
So somebody would pick you up so you could tell people that Rachel Riley has tweeted you. It never stops. The re- the reason, another another the personal she... little interjection from Will Gavin. Let me tell you about I, my personal life. I don't want to know why she tweeted you, Will, so let's get on with the It's meant to say she was blocking him. Yeah, it's quite embarrassing, so I won't tell the story. There we go. Thank uh, God. <laughs> um... Yeah, the, the, so if you've been living under a rock and you aren't aware of this, the Cleveland Browns, in a NBA-style salary cap dump trade, have taken Brock Osweiler, his $16, $17 million contract for this year, and a second-round pick off the Houston Texans for next year. There's also been an exchange of a fourth and sixth-round pick in this year's draft as well. Uh, the Texans, for their front office, it's the hands up. We made a huge mistake. We accept it, and we're trying to move on. And more importantly than anything else, keeps Bill O'Brien happy as far as I'm concerned. For the Cleveland Browns, they've essentially gone. The value we put on a second-round pick is $16 million. We've bought that. We're going to either cut Garoppolo or get rid of him anyway. And then, or Osweiler. Osweiler. Oh, yeah, sorry, Osweiler. And then... <laughs> As Matt posited yesterday, maybe they go out and they use these extra picks to go and get Jimmy Garoppolo, who Crazy. In- Instagrammed this morning saying, so grateful for my time in New England. Peace out, Boston. Everyone went nuts again. It turns out it's probably a hack. There's so much to cover in 12 hours of this story. Uh, but what were your initial reactions, Matt Sherry, when you saw that this trade had all kicked off? Well, the initial reaction was that they're trying to stockpile picks to try and get Garoppolo, um, and 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 I don't think they'll will get him because I don't think the Patriots are going to trade him. Um, but they already, really have, they already have enough picks to get Garoppolo if that's who they want. I don't. I, yeah, I, I think what they'd like to do is get Garoppolo and still have draft capital. You know what I mean? I, I think the way they want to do it is not to give up a load of draft picks and then not have. I just think they're just going to stockpile as many as they can get and try and put it as attractive an offer as they can on the table. But I don't think they, they have got enough picks that they're willing to part with because I just I honestly believe the Patriots aren't going to trade. I mean, I, I do believe that... I think they look at it and think, we basically can control his rights if we want to for the next two years. And why, why, they like, want, why the Browns would want Garoppolo, certainly at that price, is a whole other conversation. Um, for me... I, I, see, I, I completely... I just totally disagree with that. I mean, for the 12th pick... But you're a, you're a Patriots fan. No, no I'm not. I, I honestly don't want them to trade Garoppolo at this point because I think if the coaching staff believes in him that much, then I believe in the two, coaching staff. And two and a half games, OK? Two yeah, which is two and a half more have. games than any draft pick that they might take 12th overall as well. And I'm aware that you don't get the, the the luxury of a really small contract forever, but you get it for one year, you can basically get him for twelve. If the Patriots million. loved Garoppolo as much as people claim, they wouldn't have spent a third rounder on Jacoby Brissett. There's there's also well, there's also the issue there, with the Patriots be... that there is it as we said, it was almost a year too early. I think we discussed this on the last show or the show before, but the problem is you're gonna have to pay him big next year and unless Tom Brady is going to walk away next year then you're going to be paying a quarter of your salary cap to two players who can't be on the field at the same time. Unless the view, unless the view it from a perspective that, and this will be interesting to me, this to me, if the, if the period Seager offloads the next guy, this has to be the move. Um, One of they, the, could, see, they could say to Don Yee and Brady, and they share the same agents, you're going to be the guy in two years' time. We'll, we'll give you now a two-year, $25 million contract, which is 12 and a half a year. And use some of the salary space this year, make it so he's not the highest paid player on the roster as a backup in a year's time. And what you're basically doing is giving him exactly the same money he'd get this year and via the franchise tag. 
and saying that in two years, we want you as the next quarterback. We love Tom Brady, but in two years, he's 42. We are deciding that we are moving on to Jimmy Garoppolo at that point, regardless of what's going on with but, Tom Brady. But like Garoppolo might, Cleaver- might never be a bigger, uh, a, a bigger draw than he is right now. He might play another two games and not play well. The fact is, if he can go somewhere else next season and get six years at 20-plus million a season, which he probably will get given, then why would he take the two-year 25 million off the Patriots with the the handshake promise that you're going to be the starter in two years when that might not actually happen? But because the Patriots can can basically have him at that level anyway. I mean, it's no different, is it? If they franchise him next year, which I think could be on the table, then they can do that anyway. I find the whole thing fascinating because... I think from all the reports out of Cleveland, it's fairly clear that the Patriots, at a minimum, can get the 12th overall pick this year for Garoppolo. Now, if you'd have told me that three months ago, I'd have said, well, that at a minimum doesn't even come into it because they'll definitely trade him for that. Um, and I agreed with Simon, to be honest. At the start, I thought, well, they're just not getting the trade value. It's it's kind of a little bit of haste. But Adam Schefter is the best news getter in the NFL, and he is absolutely emphatic that they're not going to trade him. And... I genuinely just think they like him, and I think they think there's never been a 40-year-old quarterback who's ever been anything in the NFL. We like the insurance, but also in two years we can we can hopefully keep him in the building and have him as the next guy. I also think Cleveland have four options essentially. Garoppolo is one, but for me, Garoppolo is the fourth option. Well, they actually have five options really. You could take a quarterback first overall, but it's unlikely because Miles Garrett is a superior player, and you're probably not going to want to take one of those four quarterbacks with the first overall pick, especially as you've got the 12th pick, which would bring you into play with either Mitch Trubisky or Deshaun Watson if that's where you stack them on your boards, where I would stack them on the board. The third option would be that you also have the 33rd pick. You're in a position potentially to take Patrick Mahomes, potentially to take Deshaun Kaiser if he falls that that far, or also you have the, the collateral to move up into the mid to late 20s, as Denver did last year to take Paxton Lynch, if you feel like one of those quarterbacks isn't going to get to that to that area, that 33rd pick. The fourth option, and the one that I thought last night actually they're stockpiling picks for 2018 for, is Sam Darnold, who's the USC quarterback, who is uh, kind of the next Andrew Luck in terms of the buzz about him and the pro readiness. He's the the, the kid that, that brought USC back to win the Rose Bowl. He is an, a, a legitimate pro-style offense, number one overall pick NFL quarterback. They yeah. are in a position... But they're not getting them, though, are they? Yeah, I, this, I is, this is why, the problem. Why are they not getting them? The reason they're not getting whoever, them is... Yeah, I, I, I think Sherry's going to say the same as me. Yeah, that, if, that just... if the 49ers or the Jets or even the Bears end up with the number one overall pick next season, I think those three other than the Browns are the favourites, and I think with what the Browns have done in the last couple of days should be better this season... Nobody, why Why would you trade out of, if particularly like a team like the 49ers or the Jets, why would you trade out of number one and Sam Darnold if he is Andrew Luck? The Browns Cleveland would have to give same, up. Cleveland did the same last entire, year. Their entire draft this year. But and look at the picks beyond. and the collateral they've got last, uh, next year as well. They yeah, could, but you, 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 you know the difference. You know the if they end up with the four, Of course, if they end up with the fourth or fifth, let, let's be realistic. Cleveland aren't going to make the playoffs this year. You know, Cleveland will likely be drafting the top 10 this time next year. Yeah? But further down yeah. the top 10, I think. Yeah, but look, look, look Philadelphia were, sick, were drafting 16th last year. They ended up with the second overall pick. Yeah, but I, I think not the, beyond I the, think the comparison that you make, Simon, is, is, the, uh, is, the, is when luck was out. There is absolutely no way. If, if, if Washington could have got up to number one instead of number two and taken luck over RG3, they'd have done it. 
if there was a way for that to be done, it would have been done. If Sam Darnold, and I think he will, enters the NFL as the next Andrew Luck, nobody is trading that pick. Well, no matter what you offer them, that pick is not going to We should traded. see. But also, next year's draft class contains a Josh Allen, contains a Josh Rosen, contains a Josh Browning. These are you know, legitimate... From the, from where we stand at the moment, legitimate top half of the draft quarterback. So, along with Josh McCown and Josh Freeman entering the all-time great Josh as a quarterback on, in the NFL. <laughs> but I mean, I, I still think even with Darnold, I mean, I, I think with any draft quarterback, and I think people massively overrate draft picks. There's a huge element of projection with them, and there is an element of. Projection but also, there's a huge element of projection with Garoppolo. Let's yeah, no, and I agree. That's exactly what I was just going to say. But I would say there is a lot less of an element of projection with Garoppolo and I mean it's interesting I find it fascinating because I just think that the Patriots could get number 12 I think we all accept that and they drafted him in the second round that would be a great deal for the Patriots in itself and if they're not taking that I think there's a reason for it and it, I'm just fascinated to see how it all works out I'm, I really am and, Look, and, we've, we've... and the most the problem here is we've made this all about Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, the, ultimately, the... it was a great trade for Cleveland <laughs> and it was a great trade for Houston. You know, it's something that, you know, hats off to Sashi Brown and Paul Di Podesta. You know, for like you said at the top, making a baseball, you know, baseball guys making an NBA trade. Essentially what they did, they had $110 or $102 million worth of cap room. They took $16 million, $17 million and, you know, that, that still gives them, what, $85 million in cap space. And, and think about all For those... For a guy that they're probably going to trade. Ian Rappaport was reporting last night that Cleveland had taken multiple phone calls about trading Brock Osweiler. I mean... And, and why wouldn't you? Yeah, because if the Jets get, can give can give a, a sixth round pick for him, I don't see why they exactly. don't take really that risk. Exactly, renegotiate that contract, give him a fifth or a sixth round pick, and again, Cleveland totally wins. You get the money off the, you know, you keep the dead cap, you get the money off the the the, the team, and you pick up another draft pick. And the Texans clear that ten million of cap room. That means they can go out and get Tony Romo. And yeah, the, the Texans have almost I mean, overplayed their hand because Tony Romo looked like it was going to be cut. 48 hours ago and then the Broncos and Texans showed such immediate interest that it's like Jerry Jones went yeah maybe we'll wait and see if we can get something for him now because if I was Tony Romo I'd definitely be heading to Houston I mean he lives in Dallas his family grow up there his kids go to school there it's a 45 minute pilot uh, there's, the, there's part of me that was. License. There's part of me that wasn't convinced that he was ever going to get cut anyway. Because even though I thought he was, the difference between cutting him now and cutting him in June is absolutely huge in terms of what he ca- costs against the Cowboys' salary cap. Essentially, they can split what he would cost them this year over two years if they cut him, rather than just letting him go. And I know they've got the luxury of the fact they've got a quarterback and a running back who are the stars of their team, who are both on cheap rookie deals. So actually, they can. Probably eat that bit of cap space. I kind of think the big thing for me is when the Texans are admitting a horrible mistake. Yes, they are, and I think fair play to, to Rick Smith for holding his hands up, admitting he's gone gone wrong, and trying to rectify the situation. But think about all those GMs down the year, and I think about Reggie McKenzie in his first couple of years in Oakland, who knew they had to spend the certain percentage of the cap space and end up throwing these massive one-year contracts at guys, mm. essentially just to fill their cap room. Like, if I'm the owner of any of those crap teams right now, I'm just kind of saying to my GM, sorry, why didn't you think of this? Yeah, and what I absolutely love about it the most is, is the, the biggest frustration for me in the last 12 months has been the absolute ridiculous kind of and it's obvious it happens with the Browns, but the oh, the the Browns—they're always idiots and all this criticism. And you just think, 
do you know what? They've gone for something different here. Yet. They've mm. gone with very intelligent guys. I mean, people like, oh, same old Browns. You've got two really, really intelligent Harvard graduate guys running that organisation now. And I just like the fact that we're starting to see what the plan is. And I mean, have you ever seen a team over a two-year span have as, as many high draft picks as the Browns have got over the next two years? I, I mean, no. it's, it's already impressive what they've done and what they're starting to do with that offensive line. And you, you know, Some of those me, moves they made yesterday were terrific as well. And, and look, draft, yeah, picks, and, draft picks can't block. Draft picks can't, uh, you know, catch passes. Draft, but having that capital there, if they can then invest it in the right ways, they are set up to be a great team for years to come. But also yeah. with this trade, I think, I, I think it can't be overstated what an impact this could have on the NFL overall. Because if this starts to become, with the amount of cap room people have, something people start doing, not regularly, because it has to take quite a unique situation, but it becomes a thing, then I think there's going to be considerations during the CBA of how the, to handle this situation, during the negotiations with the NFLPA. Like, I think this could have... This could be a, a turning point where we're talking about this trade in 10, 15 years' time in terms of the impact it, was, it has interesting as well, on how free agency night, works then. There was, late last night, there was a, a kind of a, a similar style of trade, not obviously nearly as, but the, the Rams traded William Hayes to the Dolphins mm-hmm. for a sixth-round pick, but also gave the Dolphins a seventh-round pick just to get Hayes' contract off their books, essentially. Hayes was a guy that the Dolphins were keen on last year. He's an excellent wide nine defensive end, one of the best run-playing defensive ends in, you know, in the NFC last season. Great sign of Same the thing. Just dump off that cap. I mean, they, they you know, had a high cap figure, and they chucked the Dolphins a piece. So essentially, Miami picked up a, uh, you know, a starting right defensive end who plays the run really well for, for a sixth-round pick, and they get Hayes and a seventh-rounder back, and it was just so, solely so they could dump that cap off their... Uh, Right, look, that number off their camp. Look, we, I, I'm very aware that Simon Clancy only has about half an hour with us beyond this point. So we said a 10. We've done one of those 10. So let's go <laughs> round and we'll do... We've got three each that we're going to do from the other storylines that caught our eye from yesterday. So we're Let's go, fly around like you would on touchdown trips. <laughs> See what I did there? I like that one. He's getting better. See what I did there? He's getting much better. The, the, uh, the, You've the got a future in commercial it. radio, my friend. Uh, definitely. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, one, real radio, as we call it. Um, look, I, I, I feel like Sherry wants to jump in and give his one first. Yeah, the final thing I would just say is oh, if, they get Ro- if they get Romo and he's healthy, they are immediately, to me, with New England, the favourite in the AFC, and they might actually yeah. be the, the outright favourite. If he's anything like the guy he was, because that defence is insane, they've got talent yeah. on offence, and Romo is a top 10, top 5 quarterback if he's the guy he was two years ago, so exciting times. Right, what, I'll tell you who we are going to start. We're going to start with Simon Clancy, because one of your... Of the of the remaining nine it relates to the team we've been talking about relates to the Browns and so let's let's try and weave our way through this connecting the dots a little bit and start off by talking about the Browns moves yesterday away from this trade. Yeah, I mean specifically on the offensive line, really. I mean they 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 they've let a couple of guys go, which you know let Alex Mack go. They let and replaced him with the kid out of Florida State, who's been a pretty much a draft bust. They they let um. The right tackle go, uh, Mitchell Schwartz, who's, who's sort of an all-pro type right tackle with the Chiefs. But they, they, they shored up their line yesterday really well. And they, they, they started off by re-signing Joel Bertonio, the big guard, to a, to a chunky contract. But then they brought in two really good players, Kevin Zeitler of, of the Bengals to play left guard next to Joe Thomas, who's now the highest paid guard in the NFL. Incredibly durable, really good fit, excellent zone blocker. The, the, the player I like, and one of the players I liked most of all in, in the entire free agency was J.C. Tretter who's the, the kid that the Packers brought out of Cornell, who was a 
call it quarterback in college, then he was a tight end, then he became a left tackle, moved to center, and was just a terrific center for the Packers last year. A really, really good player, incredibly mobile, fit that scheme really well, fits the Cleveland scheme really well. He's going to come in and play center. Or he might even play guard. But, you know, you look, they've got Joe Thomas on the left, uh, Zeitler at left guard, Tretter in the middle, Betonio at right guard, and, you know, plug-and-play guy at right tackle. They've got a few of those on the roster. You know, that, that's a great start by the Browns. Also brought in Kenny Britt, who's a, you know, a decent, you know, big target, decent. He's kind of cleaned up his act off the field. You know, he's had back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons in a terrible Rams offense. You know, he had, anybody who got 1,000 yards receiving with, with Jared Goff throwing the ball last season deserves a medal. You know, it's just an under-the-radar signing. Browns are, you know, Browns, um, Paul Podesta and Sashi Brown, good start to the first day of free agency. But that offensive line, especially if they can get a run game going behind it, you know, you, you, you draft a Leonard Fournette or a Dalvin Cook at 12. And, then, and you know, let's not forget that they got really good production out of um, the running back there last year. Absolutely. Who they've given, Cru- um, Cru- Cruel, Cruel. Them a pretty, pretty high Cruel, absolutely. Well, they're giving they? the second player. round tender, $2.8 million. Like, they, you know, they, they, they believe in what they've got there. And yeah, I'm delighted for Joe Thomas. He tweeted like, oh, yeah, woof, woof, let's go or something like if that last get, night. If they because, can get Josh Gordon back healthy and, and, and mentally ready and mentally strong. I mean, that offense, I mean, he is an elite player. And I mean, it's, it's a big if, but he is a he is a phenomenal wide receiver. It is, they can it, get him going with Corey Coleman, Kenny Britt. That's a hell of a team. You've got Gary Barlidge at tight end. You know, they could take an OJ Howard or a David Njoku in the first round. That's some serious weapons on that Cleveland offense. And then Jimmy Garoppolo throwing them the ball. <laughs> uh, and the other thing is, Terrell Pryor not necessarily done in Cleveland because, uh, spoiler alert, wide receivers are going to be one of our remaining ten. But um, the not the market buster we expected. Didn't make a move on day one. He's visited some teams, but that's still very up in the air. And, and He's not well-liked, Pryor. He's not a well-liked guy in the locker room. It's, not, it's been a, a story with him, a history at Ohio State. It was the same kind of thing. He wasn't particularly well respected wasn't particularly well liked i think the browns have done quite a good job of sort of trying to cover up and say no he's a good guy he's this is that it's an interesting one i just wonder whether or not they they're not going to overpay for somebody who cancer is a strong word but somebody who you know causes a few ripples in the in the cleveland water as it were and the point just two a on our point two about the browns improvements the power shift in the afc north because the old bengals bandwagon from last year <coughs> is very much firmly off. off the yeah. rails uh, look, in the 2015 draft, they took two guys in Cedric Abue and Jake Fisher who basically now need to start and start at a high level because they've lost the, uh, Zeitler, they've lost Andrew Whitworth, who's gone to the Rams. Well, I know he's what 35 years well. old. Uh, Great, but, but I mean, arguably the most underrated player in the last decade in the NFL, Andrew Whitworth. Uh, and so the Bengals, if they finish bottom of the AFC North this season below the Browns, wouldn't be a surprise based on what's happened with that offensive line. I'd be a surprise if they never. Uh, J.C. Tretter was mentioned amongst that, and that brings us on to Matthew Sherry's first point in our top ten storylines. Yeah, it's the Green Bay Packers again, and I mean, we we have discussed the Packers ad nauseum over the last few weeks about whether Ted Thompson needed to go and whether they're finally going to sign some free agents because it just it just isn't working anymore, and it's fairly clear now that. It's going to continue to not work because, I mean, that that defence was horrific last year and they've not improved it at all. In fact, they've got worse. They've let Micah Hyde go without offering him a contract and he got like five or six million a year in Buffalo, which yeah, not much. isn't a big contract for a guy who basically, 
He's not an elite player at anything, but he's the modern NFL defensive back mm. as a guy who can play a bit nice, of safety. He can play a little bit corner. He can do a bit of everything. And a good defensive coordinator would look at a guy like that and think, this is a great piece for my defence. And, I mean, they did re-sign Nick Perry. Again, a slightly rich contract, in my opinion. But they have to do that because the way they do things, they have to re-sign their own guys. But to let Tredder go... To let TJ Lang now go and visit the Lions, a division rival who <laughs> were near, near the playoffs last year, and Seattle, who are your, one of your big conference rivals, is utterly ridiculous as well. So it just doesn't make any sense. You can't do everything. You can't let guys that you draft go and not sign anybody in free agency. And I, I do. I mean, I do just feel sorry for Aaron Rodgers now because he's got to he's got to try and just basically carry this team to the Super Bowl every year and it's clear that that's the plan again next season the one thing they and did, Jared Cook, thing they did hold on Jared to Nick Cook Perry still hasn't been re-signed. We, need to, we need to mention they did hold on to Nick Perry yesterday five years 60 million 18 of those in guarantee did, did mention a, that Will. a low guarantee number but I, I don't think you gave it enough respect like Teams can't hold on to everyone, but to lose those offensive line pieces when all we said about them during the second half of the season was, why aren't we talking about the offensive line when we're talking about the Cowboys, the Raiders, the, uh, the other teams that we we're mentioning with them because they were so good and gave Rodgers so much time, which allowed him to do his usual freelancing shtick. And yeah, I think they're in trouble. I really do. When you look at the uh, Bakhtiari and Belaga, the best kind of one-two punch in terms of combination in the NFL probably, you look at Lang and Tretter. I mean, Tretter went for ten million guaranteed. I mean, that's that's peanuts. That's it, this peanuts. is it. It's not even like they've lost these guys to huge contracts, which exactly. is the most frustrating element for Micah Hyde. Fourteen million guaranteed on a. You know, he was a third behind behind Ha Ha Clinton Dix and Morgan Burnett. He was the third best player on that in that second in that malign secondary last year. Swiss Army type knife. Uh, Swiss Army knife type, like Matt says, can play nickel corner, can play safety, can play pure corner can play, uh, you know, uh, adds, adds, you know, plus plays in the return game. Madness. I don't know what they're but, doing. But, let but, let but TJ Lang go as well. I, mean, I think that the Nick Perry deal sums up the, the other issue with this strategy, which is the fact that he's a good player who last year finally gave you some of the production you wanted. But he's not a sure thing at $12.5 million a year. Yeah. But you have to pay him because you're not going to sign anybody else. So if your draft picks don't work, work out... You're completely screwed. It's it's you, the team building in the NFL is an all-encompassing thing. You can't rely on one thing or the other, which is why you've seen the Baltimore Ravens have a great day yesterday in terms of getting guys in. They're another team who like the compensatory picks, like to draft primarily. You have to complement that with two or three free agent signings. Hey, don't don't, so don't much steal pressure. my later points. <laughs> they put so much pressure on their draft class as well. You almost have to hit on every single yeah. position, mm-hmm. every single pick for it to work. And if you don't do that, you, you know, you're, you're screwed, essentially. I mean, the, people were talking about John Dorsey coming over and being general manager. You look at Russ Ball and Alonzo Highsmith who are there in the front office. You know, you just wonder if Ted Thompson's, you know, race is run. And, and this might be the, you know, the cherry on that on that pie, as it were. It's just, uh, it just seems ludicrous to me that they Maybe, maybe we get proven go. wrong, but I, I think they're maybe. in the kind of trouble that, that, that they don't even make the playoffs next year. Yeah. I genuinely do. If the other teams in that division improved to the level that they could do. I think the Packers could be in real, well, if, real if, problems. If, if the Lions and the Vikings do, let's let's not get too excited about Mike Glennon and the Bears. <laughs> uh, we talked about, you said JC Tretter getting a pretty bargainous contract, but one thing that did stand out yesterday for you, Simon Clancy, was, you know, we all said this was a poor group of, of tackles and offensive linemen available in free agency. 
Everyone who talks about the draft says it's not a good year for offensive linemen in the draft either. We yeah. thought that might depress the market a little way. It actually did pretty much exactly the opposite. Ridiculous. Two of the most ridiculous contracts yesterday and just keeping it, you know, keeping this tight. But Matt Khalil to Carolina for 25 million guaranteed is absolutely ludicrous. Uh, I mean, it's ludicrous to you on a level I can't even begin to tell you about. You know, he missed all but two games last year with a hip injury. He's got knee issues. And he's been a below-average starter anyway for the Vikings. I, I would, I would say be below average might even be like generous. the envelope in the positive sense. Yeah. I mean, it's ridiculous. That is an absolutely ludicrous deal. And then Russell Okun to San Diego. They cut DJ Fluker, who's a better player than Russell Okun. Okun, Denver didn't even take up the didn't even take up the option on him because he was so below average last season. You know, so many pressures, so many sacks given away. And this is not the guy he was five or six years ago. To me, I mean, the, and the money on it. Well, even the guy ludicrous. five or six years ago wasn't a great player, by the way. He was no, a, everyone, he was a pretty good left tackle. Everyone mocked him last yeah. year as well when he represented himself and got such a tawdry deal out of the Broncos. Well, he's, uh, he's, know, just, he's, gone over. he's just gone and absolutely rinsed the what Chargers. He's is, what he's done is a big favour for the Broncos because he screwed over the Chargers. So, you know, in the same division. But he's I mean, also, that, I've, two I've of the most ludicrous deals you'll hear. I've interviewed Orker a couple of times. Maybe the weirdest sportsman I've ever spoken to. <laughs> really, in really what fashion. He's just a really, really strange, bizarre guy. I remember interviewing him at the Super Bowl three, four years ago when it was Seattle, Denver, and he, he's just a really strange human being. Just doesn't strike me as a guy who. For, for people who want more information on this, perhaps go on a touchdown trip holiday, <laughs> and Matt can tell you the story in greater Absolutely. detail. Absolutely, come on the gridiron too, and I'll tell you about Russell O'Kung. Um yeah, really bizarre guy. I Selling mean, points. And, and interestingly, he was involved in the big debate with the Denver defence apparently last year in the locker room, which doesn't surprise me because he just strikes me as a guy who wouldn't integrate into a locker room. But even even beyond that, uh, Ricky Wagner feels been overpaid. Riley Reef's been overpaid. Uh, the I don't think I don't think Ricky Wagner necessarily has. I mean, I, I think right tackle is almost as important as left tackle now in the NFL. He's a really good right tackle. So, and also that, there are good players in the draft. You just have you know the Forest Lamps. The, there are good you know there's good players out there. It's just finding them. And the NFL is all about system fits. Get the right player in the right system, and away you go. Half the time. You know, players are plugged in and they don't fit the system. They don't fit what, you know, a coordinator or a position coach want. And that's where you have problems. That's half the problem with free agency. You know, you see the big gaudy numbers. You think, oh, the guy's going to... And actually, it doesn't work out because he's not in the specific... You know, the verbiage is different. The system is different. And a guy just fails to, you know, take Davon House, for example, who went from the Packers. You know, a decent starting cornerback. Different system in, in Jacksonville. Struggled, cut. And we'll probably go back, back in, to Great Exactly, Bay, where he'll probably flourish again. So... I, my favourite O-line move yesterday, of course, however, was the Seahawks taking Luke Jokel, a man with the word joke in his name, plying his <laughs> trade on the Seahawks O-line. How much have they given him? Uh, Eight million on one year. Eight million? is That is, again, ridiculous. This is just giving guys contracts because they were once top five draft picks. And which is Ludicrous. exactly what we said would happen with Jokel. I just didn't think that the organisation to do it would be an organisation who, beyond their O-line, have been pretty sensible overall over the years with contract picks, everything else. And, yeah, that's a... a, a it's the issue with money. massively overrating your offensive line coach who they just believe can get any fat guy yeah. and turn him, into a, turn him into a good player. Not fat guy, but, like, big guy. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's, George it, Fand is incredibly athletic, but... 
there's never played football. Yeah, it can switch anyone from D-line to O-line to whatever else. Um, let's talk about a few teams that are coming over and playing in London this year. I'm going to start off with the Jacksonville Jaguars because, I mean, we can all see that the moves they've made are, are good, strong moves, bringing good players. Uh, Calais Campbell means that that defensive line group, both the starting four with Ngokwe, with, um, uh, with, with, the, with the... Dante uh, Fowler. Dante Fowler and, yeah. with, uh, Malik Jackson, year, yeah. and then you've got Senderic Marks in the rotation. You've got he you was know, cut yesterday. It, oh, was yeah, he, he was, was he cut yesterday? Yeah. Right. Yeah, they've cut him. Yeah. Uh, well, that's. I think that's always a shame is because a great signing. Um, he's an elite player. And then AJ Bouye and Barry Church in the back end. Just let me get through them, and then you can make your comments, Sherry. Uh, both. Oh yeah, Barry Church isn't the highest level starter, but definitely improves what they've got there, and it is an improvement over Cyprian and, and AJ Bouye as a pairing. Uh, with, with uh, the fellow they drafted last year who was so good. The, they, those improvements all look great, and we can talk about those. But I specifically want to ask Simon about this because they still have the problems on the offensive line. They still have the potential problem at quarterback. And actually, on the defensive side of the ball, the one position I thought they needed to improve, OK, there's not a lot of talent out there available in free agency, but was it linebacker? Well, linebacker, exactly. And so, the players were out there, you know. There were players at like AJ Klein... You know, signing a good, you know, good backup to Luke uh, Keekley, who played really well when Keekley went down, signed a really good deal with the Saints. Best sign of yesterday. Absolutely. Even look at somebody like Manti Teo, who's playing really well before the Achilles injury uh, last season. There were players out there at the linebacker, you know, Lawrence Timmons, players out there, and they didn't address that. I mean, you know, take nothing away. Campbell's an excellent signing, and Bouye and and Jaden Ramsey could be, you know, a really, really good pairing for the next five or six years. I mean, that could be one of the elite corner pairings in the NFL if Bouye, you know, lives up to that one-year tag. And, he, you know, he played really well for Houston. So, so. so, I mean, what do they do at the top of the draft then? Because there aren't players that positions that they still have needs at who are being ranked by the experts in those top five, ten draft picks. Well, what, where are they picking? I can't remember. Are they ninth or something? Or? No, 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 it's top, like... Top five. Four, are they top five? Well, it's interesting... <laughs> I mean, obviously, uh, trading out. Trading out is always the best. Trading pick. out is one option. That's what everyone. Well, another option is just is just getting rid of Blake Bortles because he is broken, in my opinion. Um, you know, it depends what it depends how they view the Reuben Foster issue, for example. You know, and whether or not they see that as a red flag uh, after what happened at the combine, or whether or not you know Foster made up for. It just depends. It's one of those, you know. It's one of you know the the, the if they and it depends how they want to draft. Does Tom Coughlin want to draft best player available? And if so, there might be a Solomon Thomas or a Jonathan Allen. See, Jonathan Allen was one that, that I'd, I'd heard a lot of to Jacksonville and made sense to go and pair him in there with Malik Jackson if you think he's going to start from week one. But then you go and spend Doesn't all that money on, on yeah. uh, Calais Campbell for that interior the, the pass thing, the, thing, the thing with the Campbell signing is, it, 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 to a degree, it's a luxury pick. But in, in reality, it's a luxury sign. But in reality... It's more than what he gives you on the field, which is basically, in my opinion, top two or three level player at his position. He's easily the best player on the market, I thought. And it's what he gives you in the locker room. He's just such yeah. a great guy, veteran leader. And if ever a defensive unit needed that and a team needed that, it was this Jaguars team. The so, other option is it, the other option is that what they do is they essentially just play two linebackers and they play a big nickel safety. Yeah. So they draft Jamal Adams, the kid out of LSU, at four. And Adams plays a bit like Tyran Matthew because he can, he can, you know, 
Jamal Adams is probably the best nickel corner in the in the in the draft. He's also the best, probably the best, along with Malik Hooker, is the best safety. You can play him in that linebacker position. He played it at LSU. You can play him as a single high. You can just move him around. A, you know, a, a good defensive coordinator can really use him as sort of a jack of all trades, a box linebacker, somebody who can run the alleys, who can take out a tight end, who can take out a, a back out of the backfield. That's you know that will get rid of some of those linebacker issues and also give you a real sort of and that's how the NFL is moving that you know to those sort of you look at the the, the safeties coming out in the draft there's the you know a guy like a Buda Baker a Jabril Peppers a Jamal Adams an Obi Melafonwu these are guys that are all potentially going to be variable pieces who can slot into different positions and and teams are in nickel so often now you know base defensive sets are pretty much nickel the whole time because and, teams and come know, out in three and four receiver sets and, 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 and you know what we saw I more mean, of last year nickel where it was three safeties not Exactly, and that's that's what you'll see, and you'll see you'll see a Barry Church, whoever they've got, a strong safety, and you'll see Adams, you know, almost in the box as a as a as a third linebacker, but also as a big nickel, and he might be taken out. You know, he's a guy that can run down the field with a Gronkowski or a Travis Kelsey. He's a guy that can run out the backfield with a you know a Jamal Charles or a Jay Ajayi, and he's a guy that can you know he's a guy that come up and smack you in the mouth, but he can also sit like an Earl Thomas and and play, you know, can play single high. So that's a kind of eliminator guy that I could see them. You know, getting rid of some of their linebacker problems just by bringing into play a slightly different factor, which is what a lot of teams are beginning to look at. And the reality is, I think Telvin Smith and Miles Jack are two guys that yeah. linebacker could be really good with the quality of that defensive yeah. line. As 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 move guys who are very good athletically, I think they fit well behind a big big defensive line. Absolutely. Uh, let's talk uh, the team they're going to be playing in week three at Wembley uh, our, I don't know how many we've got left so this will be our sixth one in our top ten or our fifth one maybe uh, the Baltimore Ravens who go out and they get Tony Jefferson two years in a row now the Ravens have scored the big age the, the big free agent safety and after the inconsistency from Ladarius Webb Matt Elam's injuries and legal troubles They've now got a safety tandem there in Baltimore, which is just unbelievable with him and Weddle. When you consider that Jefferson also took uh, what was uh, a lower deal compared to what apparently Cleveland were offering him to go and play with a contender. They now re-signed Brandon Williams. He's the highest paid nose tackle in the NFL, as we uh, told him he would be when he came and spoke to us at Radio Row. Um, and even bringing in Danny Woodhead, you know, it's not the sexiest of pickups. People won't see it as, but his production has been amazing in San Diego over the last couple of years. Uh, I I love what the Ravens are doing, and I think what you said earlier, Matt, they're a team who specifically like to draft and build through the draft, but they're really augmenting what they're doing with some great free agent pickups. Yeah, I mean, I think the Ravens are a team that have to be built around a good defence because there's a limitation to what Joe Flacco can do. Um, and I think that they're always trying to get back to what they were the year they won the Super Bowl, which is be a great defence, have a lot, have a deep passing game that that gets you kind of a couple of home runs potentially a game, but that that formula has to be built around the defense. And now they've got the best safety tandem in the NFL probably outside of Seattle, um, and yeah, they were just great moves. And it, it it was I thought the Jefferson contract was one of the best deals that we saw done. I mean, it was nine million a year. I thought he'd be up in the in the Eric Berry Berry category to be honest. And it yeah. sounds like there was a huge market there for him. So you love that, love the Brandon Williams move. That is that is what you want. You want to draft a guy who turns out to be really good, and then oh, was he undrafted? He was undrafted when he Brandon Williams, but get a guy who turns out. To I be thought he really was a second good. round pick, wasn't he? 
Yeah, Brandon Williams not undrafted. I'm, think, I'm thinking of uh, I'm thinking of Bowie who was undrafted. Yeah, yeah, yeah we right. spoke to so many great defensive talents at the uh, on Radio <laughs> Row. You're just getting yourself confused. But Jefferson's that a, sort of a, guy a who can right. play that role that I just talked about. Jamal Adams playing mm-hmm. as well. He doesn't have to sit. You know, he's a guy that can sit in the alley, run the alleys. Can cover a tight end, can do whatever you want. He's an, another one of those movable pieces that they'll use. Well, they've not just they've as got, a pure safety. They've got two of those guys now and a very good defensive coordinator who can who can basically confuse the heck out of quarterbacks by putting them both in similar spots and having one go out and drop to free safety, one exactly. go in the box. They they can do a lot of things with those two guys. So yeah, love love what the Ravens did. I'm I'm not one of the guys who just. Praises everything Aussie Newsom does, but I thought they had a really good day. Can and I just interrupt a sec? I'm going to yeah. push my, my, my... Give me one minute. I'm going to go and push my meeting back to 12.15. Oh, I, oh, I was all guy. ready to make sure we could do the Dolphins <sighs> no, right, right now, but you go and Hold push your sec. meeting Hold back. It's fine. I'm all leaving right. all of this in because of what a great guy it makes him look. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Sherry, Brandon Williams, third round pick. Uh, late third round. And that's kind of that borderline where you expect you, you you need to hit on your first and second rounders in theory people don't but that should be what you're doing the moment you're getting towards but certainly the late end of the third round those are the guys where if you hit on them and you get a guy who come the second contract you can be paying them and they can be a meaningful starter that's when you're talking about great draft classes yeah and that, that's i mean to be honest the ravens haven't massively hit on their first round picks recently but they, they always do well in the middle round so and it, matt elam was makes... their first round pick that year so we, we, yeah, and they've know, got the, the, so the wide problems. receiver a, a couple of years ago. Oh, what's his name? I'm back. Quarter past is all good. Beautiful. Who was the wide receiver the Ravens drafted a couple of years ago, first round? Brashad um, Perriman. Perriman. Yeah, so Perriman, the jury's still out on. So they haven't necessarily nailed their first round picks, but they always pick up guys in the middle round who turn into good players. It was late third we established. Uh, uh, oh, was it? Okay, Brandon Williams. Uh, yeah, just to uh, clarify that. So, Clancy, we're talking teams that are coming over to London. Uh, uh, we can't get the great Simon Clancy on and not talk about the Miami Dolphins. And do you know what I liked about what the Dolphins did? We're just talking about Brandon Williams, and we were talking about the Packers earlier. Yes, free agency is about augmenting and improving your team, but when you've got good guys who are being linked left, right, and centre, and you can keep them in your building, that's a positive. Absolutely. I mean, the Dolphins have spent 10 years winning free agency. You know, let's win March, and where's that got us? It's got us absolutely nowhere. And what they did this year is, you know, they re-signed Kenny Stills, who was, you know, one of the better deep or one of the best deep threats in the NFL. Has a great relationship with Adam Gaze, a real locker room leader. The guys absolutely love him. He's a, a great guy to be around. Re-signed Rashad Jones, arguably the best strong safety in the NFL, to a big deal. Keep your guys. The Jarvis Landry deal is coming through the pipe as well. You know, they brought in a couple, and what they're doing is they're they're kind of grinding the sort of the middle portion of the roster, and then the gold dust will essentially come in the draft. They drafted well the last two or three seasons. And instead of going out and buying these big free agent guys, and I'm sure Mike Tannenbaum must be, you know, sweating and itching because he wants to get out there and, you know, bring in a big money guy. But actually, you know, churning that middle part of the roster, improving the depth of the roster, and then just adding that little gold dust in the draft. Again, you know, you're you're hoping that you hit on all your draft picks and that's a, you know, that we all know that that can be a bit of a, a crapshoot. But, you know, they brought in William Hayes, as we mentioned, with the trade. Anthony Fasano has come back. They lost Dion Sims to Chicago. Fasano, a better, a better blocker, has a great relationship with Tannehill. He was there during Tannehill's first year, and they became very, very friendly. Uh, he was one of the best blocking tight ends in the NFL, so it's going to work really well with, with, with 
Jay Ajayi. Obviously, Julius Thomas comes in and what's essentially the straight swap for Brandon Albert. So Laramie Tunsil will kick out the left tackle. Thomas, you know, if he can re- regain the form under Gase from Denver for those two seasons, you know, there's a an excellent sort of move tight end. Dolphins run a lot of YISO, which is three receivers to one side and a tight end to the other side of the That's formation. Almost everyone's running on third. Well, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And, uh, and Thomas is, you know, is perfect for that. He's a, you know, a big, tall, red zone target. So, I think Miami are bringing uh, Nate Allen, uh, safety from from Oakland. Uh, they, you know, there's there's issues at guard. There's issues everywhere. There's issues at guard. You know, Cameron Wake is older but still playing at an elite level. There's still issues at linebacker. Although Lawrence Timmons is is coming in today, and then you know you've got those. You've got the the draft picks. You've got you know three picks in the in the in the first three rounds. Then three picks in the fifth round. No fourth rounder because they gave out for Leonte Carew. But there are. You know, there's good young players on the roster as well, and it's just a kind of an Adam Gaze mentality. He spoke at the combine last week; they weren't going to try and win free agency anymore. They were just going to go about re-signing their own guys, building it that way, keeping the good players in the team. And I, you know, I think it's to be. It's, you, listen, we haven't won anything doing it the other way, so we might as well, much like the Cleveland Browns, we might as well try it. The that's exactly you know, the comparison I was going to make. We've, we've struggled with what the Dolphins have done for years. It finally looks like they're doing things differently, and for my belief, in a more positive fashion than how they've done it previously. Absolutely. But, uh, but the, then the, the Giants the completely issues. took a crap on my belief that you can't go and win free agency and do it properly by actually going out and getting three guys who all made a big difference on big yeah. contracts last year. So it, the, it does occasionally work. It's just rare. Yeah. The re-signing their own guys is the thing that they've never done as well. That's the yeah, thing exactly. that they've been lacking for several years. So it's great to see them address that. And I mean, to be fair, this regime kind of did that last year. Although in... in it was it was give and take. I don't think Olivier Vernon was a good decision, but by the same account, it's not like um, the running back who went to Houston pulled up any yeah, trees with Miller. Yeah. So it was kind of a 50-50 one on that in the end. Let's talk. We've let uh, Clancy wax lyrical about his team Woo-hoo. and agreed with him. Let's let Matt Sherry do the same as the Patriots go for one for the Wang this season. Uh, and it's the secondary <laughs> where all the moves are going on at the moment. One for the Wang. <laughs> no, I've not heard that one yet. Oh my. God, um, I coined it but, on Twitter um, last night, and I'm sticking with it. That would not be a tagline for touchdown <laughs> tours, what, trails, what, trips. What have they? What, what did they? What was the thing that they uh, they trademarked a, a few oh, weeks Blitz ago? For six, Blitz for terrible. six. That a is, team who rarely blitz has been the great irony. One for the wag is definitely better than that. Um, Just saying. Yeah, I mean, I think it's incomplete on the Patriots. I think if they re-sign Dante Hightower, then regardless of anything else that they do beyond that, they've had a really good period um, and the Malcolm Butler situation is fascinating because it kind of shows really how Bill Belichick is is one of the few guys in the NFL who can just detach himself from emotion Malcolm Butler is a kid they've picked up off the street who had the interception in the Super Bowl and genuinely played top 7-8 level cornerback caliber last season he was amazing I love him he is the kind of guy you want playing on your team he's scrappy he's a great player but it sounds like he was playing a little bit silly hardball with negotiations and the Patriots are never going to be put in a corner. And and I think the, the Gilmore sign is so interesting to me because outside of Adelius Thomas and Roosevelt Colvin, I've never seen them just go hard at a guy and pay towards top-of-the-market money. But when they do, they do it quickly. They find the guy, they get him signed and, and they just bring him in. And, they and there's Stephon an argument Gilmore. with Gilmore 
two years ago he was a top five corner in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, the, the, uh, last season. Incon- inconsistent is the word I'd use with Stefan Gilmore. The Ryans ruined him last season, as far as I'm concerned. Forty uh, million I, I, guaranteed is a lot of money. It's as well. an insane amount of money, but and and to be fair, them three signings I've mentioned in the past, it's not like Adelius Thomas worked out by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah. So it, there's no guarantees with it, but they know the player very well. I think, like they do better than any team in the NFL they project him in their own scheme and say look he can be a top five cornerback in this scheme so they clearly think he can be that the rest of it is just so fascinating now do they do they trade Butler for Brandon Cooks which to me is an interesting one because I love Cooks I think he is literally the perfect receiver for the period system and and they'll already be thinking about him as the next guy after Julian Edelman. They, the, they'll the be thinking is, ahead. I don't think Brandon Cooks, this stuff about him being a first-rounder, I don't think he's a true number one receiver, Brandon Cooks. I don't think he's he is in the He is in the periods of system, though. Isn't I also don't know. See, it's interesting, and this is probably for another podcast, but I, I, that, that whole sort of, he's a number one, he's a number... I, I don't think the NFL looks at things like that anymore. I, don't, I just don't think that, you know, take the Dolphin... Jarvis Landry is our best receiver, yeah, he's so not he's a number, number one, receiver, one in but he's not. But I mean, yeah, he's, not, he's not Jeremy so, Kirk, slot, is he? So, well, who is? But, um, <laughs> but do you see my point? I, yeah, I don't, no, yeah, I, don't, I, don't I, think. I, I, oh, we have a number one. He's a number one. He's a number two. I just think again, it's all down to systems and. He's he's not a guy. I think when we talk about number one receivers, what we mean is a guy who almost transcends systems. A guy who is so good in traffic, has the pace, uh, has the cutting speed, has, you know, uh, the, the quickness. That yeah, but I, has, I mean, has I, again, I do that. And you do have guys who you could put, you know, AJ Green, you could put DeAndre Hopkins, you put those guys in almost any system and, and they'd work. And people are talking about Brandon Cooks with those guys. And I don't, See, I don't think, think he's DeAndre Yeah, but I, I think, I think he's think a great they... system. Uh, no, I say I completely disagree with that. I, yeah, think, I, I completely disagree as well. I, I think they would project Brandon Cooks as an Antonio Brown type. Yeah, I, I agree. He, he, he's only two years into his career. He's exactly. really young. He's had 1,100 yard seasons the last two years. I mean, for, for a young receiver, that is outstanding production. And but in, they, in, they, in I, the Saints system, where every year people want to qualify the fact that Drew Brees throws for 5,000 yards, is going, yeah, but they do throw the ball a lot, don't they? And they've got a terrible defence. And So why well, do we have he, to consider Drew Brees in those terms? But we can't say that Brandon Cook's numbers are inflated. But at the end of the day, he, he what all you can view is what you see on the field. He's played really well. I mean, you could say the same I, about I, Antonio Brown and Ben Roethlisberger. Don't I, mean, it's I like I Brandon don't think Cooks a ultimately. lot. I just don't put him... I don't see why the Titans would give up the 18th overall pick for him. In a I don't ultimately think that Malcolm Butler for Brandon Cooks is a win trade for the Saints. I don't think it's a win trade for yeah, the... I, I, think, I think shutdown corners are far easier to find than, than deep ball receivers. Yeah, and, and I think it's, it's what you're saying, and I agree. It's not a win trade for the Patriots straight up. But when you consider the contract, the situation, who else they're, br- they're bringing in now, it's just interesting that Logan Ryan obviously also gone out the door as well. So what they're going to do with the remainder of that secondary. I, I agree yeah. with you. Duron Harmon was a good re-sign. Straight up. Yeah, I, think that was the Patriots was... Best, I think that was the Patriots' best move. And, and Branch as well. Branch was their best move. Yeah, they had to get him back. He was great, especially um, Dwayne Allen was an interesting season. one. I don't, I, I, you know, I'm sure Dwayne Allen will end up, as, you know, playing really well because that's tends to be what D- happens. Dwayne, but Dwayne Allen's a really one interesting one. I think it's a really interesting one because he was your MVP, wasn't he? Will two years ago? <laughs> no, no, it was Ollie. Ollie's. Thank you oh, very much. Damn. Uh, damn. <laughs> again, not on the show. He can tell you about that on a touchdown uh, trip holiday. <laughs> <laughs> um, look, what the Dwayne Allen thing? I don't like it because he's injury. 
hit. He's a great red zone receiver, and he's a good, really good blocking tight end. The injuries are a problem, but what's great about this? He's not really. He's not really injury hit. What's, he's, what's, he's played. He's played at least thirteen games most seasons, barring the one big injury. What's great? What's great about him comparatively is that. The Colts have just paid him $12 million to pay, play for one season because his yeah. contract was so front-loaded. And now the Patriots get him two years, $10 million and can cut him after Realistically, that. Realistically, well, he, he was the number two. He was the second tight end in Indy because Jack Doyle was uh, really supporting him as the, as the best player. You know, So it's, a, it's an interesting one. Definitely. What the Patriots one. are looking to do, and it's in my opinion what they were looking to do last season, is they, they want to... They want to get a guy who can block really well and be effective in the passing game. And by effective, I don't mean Gronk. Yeah. I mean just 400, 500 yards a season. Because then what that allows them to do is turn Gronk more into a Hernandez type in terms of how they use him, which they can definitely do. And I think they were trying to do last season. Allegedly. But let, let's hope he doesn't... Well, it's not allegedly. No, it's not allegedly. He's well, no, it's not allegedly. No, but multiple murders. <laughs> he did murder somebody did, and possibly murders. several others. Yeah. yeah. Um, he's but, uh, probably a serial killer. Overspilled hey, hey, Aaron Hernandez, if you're listening, sue me, buddy. Sue me. Oh, like, <laughs> the, the thing of it being overspilt drinks that's come out recently as well. Wow. What a lovely human um, being. But I think, I think basically they've looked at it and said, he is a guy that's comparable to Bennett in the skill set, and you can pay him half the money. It's a clever deal. It's a classic Patriots deal, other than it being with the Colts, which tells you that Ryan Grigson's definitely out of that building now. Right. Um, We're through. Let's let's. Yeah, that's one thing. Doing a deal with the Colts is interesting in itself because I, I don't think the Patriots would have done that with the people who were there. There's no way ago. they would have. Uh, in this supposedly top 10 moves of yesterday, it has become entirely farcical. Let's just, we're through eight of 10. Uh, I had one left and Sherry had one left that are both kind of looking at an entire market. Um, if you need to get off Simon Clancy. No, you, I'm all good. Go I've got nine minutes. Um, so let's talk about the wide receiver market. The, the big move early on, Brandon Marshall to the Giants, two years, $12 million. Uh, Great move. In, in, in theory, if he is what he normally is in the first year at teams, um, that's a great move for the Giants and, and improves what they can do on offense. And for me, most importantly, means that, you know, when the Giants were good last year was when they did interesting things with Odell Beckham, when they didn't just line him up on the outside and make him compete, when they moved him on the line, when they confused defenses using him, that's when they looked really effective. Go out and make Odell Beckham that piece that people just can't defend instead of just being able to double-team him because you're doing really obvious things with him. Um, beyond that, I really like Deshaun Jackson to the Bucks. Uh, 33.5 million over three years, I think, for what they do with the scheme there. For the way, the, the stats that have, been, have come out about the Kirk Cousins deep ball um, difference between when he was on the field and not on the field, his you know, completion rate... Uh, his, his completion rate going up from 36% to 50% with him on the field field on deep attempts. His uh, quarterback rating going from 59.9 to 106.4. It gets pretty ridiculous when uh, Deshaun Jackson's involved. And I think he fits what the Bucks really want to do and becomes a great tandem with Mike Evans. Um, there's somebody tweeted us about the 49ers, so I almost want to skip over Pierre Garçon a little bit. But... Uh, yeah. Well, we'll, we'll so, get into the 49ers more in depth. Good player, though. So, yeah, good good player, big money. But I've yeah. kind of... The, the Browns traders made me have a rethink about that. So let's, let's come back to it with the, the, in a bit. The interesting one from yesterday was Philly. They brought in Tory Smith, three years, 15 million. It's a bargain. 
low-end pay for a guy who might elevate back to the levels he was at the Baltimore. I kind of think that people are underrating him because he's been on a terrible team for two years. My terrible team, but a terrible team. Uh, but Olshon Jeffrey, 14 million, one year, prove it deal. I think that's kind of the best thing that could happen for both sides because we. Th- yeah, perfect. You see, in free agency, I think he would have been a multi-year, eighteen million dollar a year. Like he could have got some ridiculous money. They now and get, he might uh, get that next year. Yeah, exactly. So he's almost pro- he's almost proving it to himself as well as anything else because he turned down a longer deal with the Vikings. It's a terrible move for the Bears. A terrible move for the Bears, but. You know, I think it's a great move for Alshon Jeffrey, and it's a great move for Carson Wentz because you know Jeffrey just has to play, you know, close to his 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 you know maximum. He's healthy again in that offense with with Wentz. He, he's going to catch a lot of passes, so he's essentially backed himself that he's going to perform well, and he's getting forty million pounds a dollar. So it's not exactly you know it's not exactly <laughs> a, it's not a, not a hardship fund. Slap and, in the face, you know, kind of in a year's time. You know, he can get that huge contract. But he's still young. He's a terrific talent. He's a really good player. Just been hampered a little bit by the injuries and by, you know, terrible quarterback playing. Great move like what... for Tory Smith as well, who now doesn't have to become the kind of receiver the guy, that he isn't. Yeah. He can just be a, a good deep threat deep that's threat. complemented by a, a, great perimeter, a great perimeter receiver on the other side. Absolutely. All very positive. And, uh, you know, Carson Wentz, Woke up yesterday with an absolute dumpster fire of players to throw to and then wakes up today with two pretty decent receivers at one and two. So uh, we had the Bills receivers moving. Again, we'll get into Marcus Gibbon with the 49ers. The Robert Woods signing with the Rams. Now, you were pretty positive on this on Twitter, Sherry. I understand that there is some talent with Robert Woods. A lot of money. But it is a lot of money. I mean, 15 guaranteed. The money, the money, money in like this. A lot. The but money tied up in Woods and Tavon Austin is and that ridiculous. Is the exact, that is the problem. $80 million for a Woods pair of... Woods isn't the problem. L- l- listen, $80 million between the pair of them. They had five touchdowns last season. Woods has just 12 in the last four years as reasonably been the top guy in Buffalo if you consider it over that full stretch of time because of the injury problems to their number one to the their uh, Sammy Watkins to Sammy Watkins thank you um, you, know, I tell you what Woods does the, though the production Woods, isn't there it, well except that Woods is really going to help Todd Gurley because Woods is a terrific blocking receiver great he's a blocker, really good great, blocking great receiver great runner as well he runs yeah. great routes um, my, my I, I, think I feel like if he ran such contract, great routes he'd have more production I just think, well, we'll see. We, That's a fair we, point. Well, we, we may not see with, with Jared Goff throwing them the ball, but my issue, that if you look at that deal in a vacuum, and we, we're getting into number one and number two receivers again, it is it is a good deal for a guy who is a good number two receiver, and he's, he's another guy who is a lot younger than you think he is, I, I think. I'm not sure. How old is he? Let me have a look. I'll get it. Um, you keep talking. But also, There's a lot of information the, the, to cram into your brain over this 24-hour period. The issue isn't the Robert Woods contract. It's the ridiculous Tavon Austin, Austin contract yeah. that they signed last season. If, if you had a better number one contract or even a guy who... I mean, the Tavon Austin contract, along with the Tremaine Johnson contract, they've got $30 million next season in Tremaine Johnson and Tavon Austin. I mean, if there's ever been a banner for bad general managership, that is it. Because it's just ridiculous. But I, mean, I like Tremaine I, Johnson, but that's a lot of money. Yeah, I do as well. But he's not the best cornerback in the NFL, is he? He's not worth sixteen million dollars. So, and I'm a big fan of his. I think he's a guy who can match up against big receivers effectively, and a lot of people can't do that. But flexibility to be able to be. There's very few people who can be 
you know, can cover, press, do do it all, and he does it all to a reasonable level. Not top level, but yeah, he's flexible, and he's just not worth sixteen million dollars. I I really like Robert Woods. I think I think it could work out as a good sign, and if Jared Goff is is anywhere near half decent, which is remains to be seen. I mean, he's still only twenty four years old. I mean. I like Woods. Think he's a good player with with a lot of upside. Uh, Tavon Austin is the ridiculous contract in that organisation. Sherry, why do you appear to have won a, an award for a hundred percent attendance to Hartlepool College? I haven't won the award. I was presenting an award. Oh, look! Are you <laughs> a, 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 are you an alma mater? No, I didn't go to that college. But um, <laughs> you just, just a, a bit what a letdown for the students. Sorry. Imagine a... that, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, you're getting your award from. <laughs> Who's it going to be? Who's it going to be? I took her anchor. Is it? Uh, you know, <laughs> it could Holly Hugh. Oh the, no, it's Matt Cherry. The, 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 the mayor who was also a monkey. Uh, yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> um, yeah. Amazing. I was just looking at our Twitter questions and, that, and spotted that. Love it. Um, and let's finish off our top 10 before we have to lose Clancy and then go through another 10 things very quickly with Matthew Sherry's Bargain Basement. I feel like this should have some, dun, dun, dun. some kind of music yeah. to it. Uh, let's go with uh, this. Give us your Bargain Basement, Sherry. I didn't hear any music there. No, nor did I. Oh, can you not hear the music coming fail. down? No. It's like a TalkSport 5. <laughs> uh, the music is there. Uh, it's just you can't hear it. <laughs> well, amazing. I, I, we've gone through a lot of these. Tony Jefferson, they got him on a great contract, com- comparable to what was expected. Alshon Jeffrey's in there because I just think it was a deal that worked out really well for both sides, and you're only paying him for one year, so it's only $14 million guaranteed. Tory Smith, we mentioned. JC Treader, great move. We mentioned that. Micah Hyde as well. Kenny Stills was touted at 12 million a year. I think they got him for eight. I thought that was largely because he loves Adam Gase and that, that's a promising sign for the Dolphins. Barry Church, given the current market, a versatile guy, I yeah, think six player. million a year was was a good deal. Brandon Marshall, James Harrison, who happened before yesterday, but that was a great deal they got, they got him back on. I know he's old, but they've got him back for next to nothing. And AJ Klein was another guy who we've yeah. mentioned. I thought he was one of those underrated guys who... You're projecting him as a starter, but he's always looked really good when he's played. And they were the ones off the top of my head. There's probably others, but they were the ones that really stood out to me as, as good deals. Well, look, there's a few things we still need to run through and some Twitter questions, Matt Sherry. So at this point, we will allow Simon Clancy to go. He has meetings to attend to. A BBC man going to meetings. What a shock. Uh, but big love to you, Simon I'm, sh- I'm literally shaking my head. It's great to get you back on. <laughs> a real genuine yeah. treat. And we need to right, lovely. Absolutely. Uh, next time, um, as long as it's not at like 3.24 on a Friday morning, <laughs> then I'm, <laughs> I'm more than willing. Right, I'm hanging up on him. Bye! See you later, boys. See you, Matt. Uh, right, let's, uh, so let's quickly run through. We've had some questions on Twitter. One of them was about the 49ers. Somewhat, somebody asked us, so let's, let's dig into that. In fact, I had a list of things. I don't know if anyone's asked us about this, but we've kind of covered Washington briefly. I just... Uh, I, horrible few days for them they've lost uh chris baker to the bucks they've lost the two starting receivers scott McLuhan has now gone i mean from the sounds of it he was operating almost as a, a, a kind of helicopter guy for the last six months anyway um uh the guys they've brought in are pretty uninspiring and terrell mclean and dj swearinger neither of them bad deals considering the money but yeah i just you feel like washington are, are in a, a, a tough tough position right now the Bills, 
Tyrod Taylor staying in Buffalo. I think. Which was the absolute right move. Yeah. I mean, he's he's a good quarterback who you can win with. I mean, it, it could, and to to, to I, get rid of a guy like that when he's in the building is ridiculous. And he fits their offense so brilliantly as well. It genuinely, for me, couldn't be more right of the move. But so much so, I don't understand why it's taken so long to do it. And I, and I think there's an element of this that they looked at what... Um, they looked at what Mike Glennon's being paid and went, oh, he's getting 15 million a year. Maybe Tyra Taylor's actually worth that over the next I, two I years. I actually, the, the Glennon thing's interesting because I, I don't think that's a bad deal, really. I mean, it's just a oh, one-year deal, effectively, and you're paying 18 million guaranteed. You, you, there is, I'm interested to see what Glennon can do. There's, there, there's no evidence he can do, but there's no evidence he can And there is, a lot of NFL guys love him and a lot of guys who've been around him love him. So I didn't think that was the worst move either. The Bears have to try and get through with somebody for the next year, so I'm interested to see how that works out. Uh, and they also signed two fullbacks, so one of them that was the Bills yeah. today. Uh, yeah, yeah, well, yeah the, the Bills, yeah, to, with the Tyrod Taylor move. They also signed two fullbacks to block for LaShawn McCoy, so I wonder what direction their offense is going to be going in next season. And uh, I'm, uh, Mike, Mike Talbot was very much a veteran minimum deal. He might not necessarily be on the roster, I don't know. Pat DeMarco is a great signing, and along with um, Carl Juszczyk, you probably had two of the best three fullbacks in the league hit the free agent market and both got big the deals. Bills, the Bills didn't, play, didn't pay the contract of the 49 No, they did, did not. They, did they? We're going to get on to that in a moment. <laughs> uh, we've mentioned the AFC North power shift that was in my list of things to make sure we covered in the any other business running backs nowhere to be seen Danny Woodhead and Fozzie Whitaker get deals Adrian Peterson Jamal Charles Latavius Murray all just out on their ass at the moment uh, yeah there's just uh, and, and I think that's because you've got a historic running back class coming up you've got literally five guys who have first round talent coming out and and a lot of other really good guys as well so why why would you pay Adrian Peterson four million a year when you can probably get a guy who will give you a similar production for one million for four years. Um, the Saints, they bring in Ted Ginn. I mean, I guess that's the lowest end version of a replacement for Brandon Cooks you could possibly hope for. But if he's gone, you need somebody there to try and catch passes, then drop them. Um, they also re-signed <laughs> Nick Fairley, which I liked a lot. Career high across the board last year. Got him on that long-term deal. I started following Mark Ingram after his uh, little incident in London in the last week. He has been amazing on Twitter over free agency. His tweet when Nick Fairley got paid that huge sum of money was, bags for all the homies. I'm eating for free all year, bitch. So, um, <laughs> so I'm assuming that him and Nick Fairley are good mates. And he is pretty pleased. Ari, Ari bullies it, which seems unlikely given <laughs> Nick Fairley's 300 pounds. <laughs> um, uh, I also put guys staying where they are, Drake Kirkpatrick at the Bengals, because they had to re-sign somebody. Um, so there, there were kind of deals uh, still going. Cardinals signing Antoine Bethay. I mean, not didn't produce... Has he got anything left in the tank? Well, Bethea? he was really good that first year in, uh, in San Francisco, and then had just dropped off the radar beyond that. Had a couple of injury what, problems. Um, I, I, you know, he's not a replacement for Tony Jefferson, uh, and what's interesting is I think DJ Swearinger would have been a good replacement for Tony Jefferson because he fit that system so well. And Simon mentioned earlier scheme fits being so important. He was perfect for the Cardinals and you thought they'd bring him back. Whereas I don't think Swearinger will be very good in Washington. So it's interesting to see how those chips were, were put in the middle of the table and, and how those things happened because it, it's a strange one. 
The back end of the Titans' defence was terrible last year. They brought in Logan Ryan and Jonathan Cyprian to try and uh, try and assuage that situation. I think Logan Ryan's the slightly better signing of the two, but uh, you know, they're good both, player. They're, they're, he's a good player, and Jonathan Cyprian has been a good player at times. Um, you know maybe on a better defence with a better front seven. Uh, the problem is last season the Jags were good. So, no, I take that back. Uh, and they I, got Ryan at £10 million a year, which is about £2 million a year less than people were, were thinking he'd go for. He's, he's one of those guys who can play his own, play outside. He actually had a bit of a renaissance for the Patriots after a drop-off in the middle of the year as a slot corner. So, interesting to see what they do with him. So, uh, to m- <laughs> It's kind of topic 11 has been the quick run through of what was still there. Uh, topic 11A, the, t- the tweets coming in. An Irish Niner fan asks, what do the, you think of the 49ers free agents call at the moment compared to the Trent Bulky era? Uh, the first thing I'll say is that they had almost as much cap space as the Browns. It was ludicrous. And I don't dislike anyone they've necessarily brought in. Do I dislike some of the contracts? Yes, I do. Malcolm Smith... I, I think the Malcolm Smith one's terrible. Like, he's only 27. He's potentially got something to offer. I'd have liked him at the 3.5 million that the Oakland Raiders were paying him. I'm not so sure at the 5.5 we're paying him on a five-year deal. It's just things like that that are frustrating. Um, and, and, I, think, I mean, they were they were happy to move on from him, Auckland, and that's despite the fact that when they signed him, it was kind of well, you're putting them straight into the Seattle scheme anyway with. Um, Ken Norton Jr. and it just hasn't worked out and he isn't very good so that one to me was one of the head scratching moves of the day uh, we also uh, we, we, um, we saw uh, Malcolm Smith we, I, the, obviously we've gone from a team with no quarterbacks to two quarterbacks Matt Barkley coming in Brian Hoyer Brian Hoyer is five, six million a year basically for a two year deal considering Matt Sharp got nine million a year straight up in Atlanta you no know, it was four and a half million a year uh, yeah, but sorry, nine million straight up over two years. I, I yeah. would rather pay the extra million and a half. Sorry. To, oh yeah, without to, a doubt. To have Brian Hoyer, and he knows the system, and he like if they draft somebody, he's somebody who is experienced, is a veteran, has started, maybe not at a brilliant level, but from what you understand, he's a good locker room guy. And if they decide to go down the draft r- route, then he's someone who can work with a young quarterback and no Shanahan system. I don't have any problem with it. Um, and I think big, it was a great side. And, and the big thing is, is that. Pierre Garçon, I mean, I balked at the money, but we don't know, because he's not actually signed yet, what the full terms of the deal are. All we are, know is the reports are the first year's $16 million. And in my head, I went, wow, that's a huge amount of money to pay. A good player, again, a player that knows the system, a good route runner. Like, he, he is what we, he's exactly the kind of player that we needed to bring in. But if I find out later that actually the deal averages out at, 10 million a year and yeah. it's just front loaded to 16 because they went we've got a lot of cap space let's get that cap off now and then the next three years we only have a hit of 6 million a year and we can go out and spend money on other guys actually it could end up being a really intelligent move from John Lynch yeah great move and I don't know why more GMs don't do it because you see it all the time I mean you mentioned Auckland earlier where they basically just dished out a few one year deals what, what that creates is is a really strong salary cap situation every year because next year you might have Pierre Garçon on the books for $6 million, which is unbelievably good value. So, yeah, if if that's what they've done and I suspect it is, then I really like it. Yeah, and I, I, I hope it is because I'm really pulling for John Lynch in a big way, obviously as a 49ers fan, but just, I, I, yeah, I, I, I do believe that 
if they can get the quarterback situation right, they've got a team there who can put something together with the moves he's made to bring in experienced guys around him. The, the reality is as well that Kyle Shanahan does two things brilliantly, and that is mask a bad offensive line. Um, so I think the, the, the offense will move. But he, he's just a quarterback guru, and I think his one year with Hoyer suggests that the 49ers could be really good on offense. And I, I've always liked Hoyer. I think he's a good player. And, yeah, I mean, I think they, they did a lot of things right. I feel dirty being excited about anything the 49ers do right now. I, it it doesn't excited. feel right to me. They signed a lot of guys <laughs> who fit what they do as well, which is really important. Um, so uh, just to go over a few other questions we had on Twitter, James Grimmett asked what our biggest surprise move in free agency is so far. I mean, I know we've mentioned a huge number of them. Is there anyone that you've looked at? I mean, the big surprise was obviously the Browns, but is there anything you've seen and gone, that makes literally zero sense to me? Um, initially, when I saw it, I thought Kyle Juszczyk, uh, to go back to the 49ers, because he basically is getting double what any other fullback gets. However, having thought about it, it makes a lot more sense because he's so much more than a fullback. He's a third down back, a legitimate third down back, and a guy who's effective in the passing game. So that was the one that I thought initially. And, and um, in so terms of, I, I imagine that Carl Shanahan made a run at Pat DeMarco because he knows the scheme he is the perfect guy to bring in and do it didn't get him and knew that he had to pay over the odds to get the other great fullback available on the but market I think he I think I think Juszczyk's a much better player than yeah, DeMarco because I, he, I, I he is literally a th- he's basically two players rolled into one two and a half maybe because you could probably split him out and use him at tight end as well so yeah, it's in, I, and I that's what he does with the formations. He, he runs them. You, to the split tight end is the perfect comparison because that's what he did with DeMarco last year. It helps uh, quarterbacks read a defense so much and it made such a big difference last year. And genuinely, everyone's going to bulk it. I've got no problem with the Ustek signing at all. The, um, so the two that actually didn't make sense are the two we mentioned earlier. The Orko and Khalil contracts were just ridiculous. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, a few thoughts that people have just sent in. Tom Marshall, you have to give credit to Houston for taking their lumps. Uh, I like Jeffrey to the Eagles if he behaves and stays fit. Uh, <laughs> uh, he's also gone, what a night. The Packers signing Nick Perry. Wild times in Green Bay. I've obviously yeah. added that inflection because I imagine that it was meant with pure sarcasm, but that is how it feels. Um, interesting. Alex, this is kind of one we didn't cover. Alex tweeted us asking, is Osweiler starting anywhere next season? No. I would, where could you imagine him going? I mean, obvi- obviously, what's going to happen is that he is going to go. Uh, he is going to go for as part of the twelfth pick, the second round pick, and Brock Osweiler in exchange for Jimmy Garoppolo, and then Bill Belichick will turn him into Tom Brady Part <laughs> Two, and the Patriots will have a starting quarterback for the next fifteen years. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I mean, he's a, he's a backup quarterback for somebody, isn't he? Maybe. You don't think he could end up at the Jets and they might try and go with it because they've got nothing at quarterback at the moment? If they're desperate to get Sam Darnold, then yeah, of course. You get a guy who can throw 20 picks a season for you. I mean, I'm being a bit facetious because I did make the point with Osweiler that a lot of it is system. He just didn't fit the system that he was in. So I think you would look at teams who run that that Kubiak-style offence. But I can't see him going back to Denver because I think they'll probably think Simeon's a better player and rightly so. So you're looking for you're looking for teams who run that style of offense potentially as a 
as an option. Maybe the 49ers will. That could be fun. Ooh, piss off. Uh, <laughs> John asks us, is there any way Andy Dalton makes it through the season without injury with the Bengals' updated O-line? What it does mean to me is you do not trade AJ McCarron anymore, that's for sure. Uh, <laughs> you might need a good quality backup there. Um, yeah, absolutely. It's uh, they're a weird team. Uh, Adam Barton asks us about uh, the Ravens. I, I have to actually make an apology. Um, we have a couple of Adams in our in our life who are regular tweeters into the show, regularly get in touch with us. Uh, Adam Barton being one of them, a Ravens fan, um, and then there's uh, uh, the other Adam, Adam Foxcroft, who is a great guy and a big Titans. Who once did something really bad, and a, and a big Titans fan, and. What I did was accidentally said Adam Barton's name to Delaney Walker during the interview instead of Adam Foxcroft's because I'm so used to those two regularly getting in touch with the show because they're such great all-time listeners that I said the wrong Adam's name and, uh, you know, maybe Delaney Walker's going, wow, that Adam Barton sounds like a really great guy and I said the wrong person. So Sorry, Adam Foxcroft and Delaney Walker, if you listen, I'm sure you are. <laughs> You know, no. But Adam Barton did ask us about the Ravens. I think we've kind of uh, covered that in some depth. What I would say, Adam, is if you've not listened to the John Harbaugh, Peter King interview, I feel like we shill for Peter King every week at this point, but wow, that's a great interview. Um, uh, And then James Fale asks us, what next for Tony Romo and Jay Cutler? I mean, Romo to the Texans, everyone thinks, is a done deal. I still wouldn't be that surprised if the Broncos still are getting involved in, in this entire thing. But it makes so much sense for him to go to the Texans. Yeah, it does. I mean, it makes sense for him to go to either, but... Jesus. (laughs) Smooth. Live live look at my office there. Um, Yeah, it makes great sense for both teams, because I think both would immediately become the biggest challenges to the Patriots. But I think the factor of staying in Texas, and and I think Texans probably have a a better O-line as well, which is really important. So, yeah, Texans makes the most sense to me. Uh, Jay Cutler is it the Jets now hopefully that'll be hilarious won't it dysfunction (laughs) meets dysfunction can't just just literally the 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 most brilliant scenario available Uh, I I, yeah who else is going to sign him I don't know hopefully not the 49ers I mean I think see I think Cutler's a good quarterback but I just think that his his whole attitude is killing the rest of his NFL career now Indeed. Right, we've gone very long, but there has been a lot to talk about, and it was great getting Simon Clancy back on. The horrible realisation, and I'm absolutely devastated, that the sound effects that I was playing throughout the show have not been working at all. Uh, And so when I talked about the bandwagon and played that effect in, it didn't work. Um, (laughs) I only discovered that when you told me you couldn't hear the music when I played it in. So I'm going to now go in and edit all that back in, which is going to take me bloody ages. Or I might just not do it. Um, Just don't do it. The the podcast listeners want to hear this podcast very soon, so let's get it out there. Let's get it up there. Let's get it up there in raw form. Let's not even edit out where Simon Clancy went and made a phone call in the middle of it. Let's do it. Let's not. Uh, Don't forget, touchdown trips. Genuinely, I know Simon was having some fun with it, but it is going to be an amazing trip. And he has since WhatsApped going, tell me more about this trip. I actually quite fancy it. So (laughs) Simon Clancy may well be coming on it as well at this point. Uh, So definitely check out touchdowntrips.com. It's going to be absolutely brilliant. And you can pay your £100 deposit now, fully refundable, to guarantee your place on the trip so go on touchdowntrips.com touchdown trips on facebook and twitter as well to find out more information matthew sherry in place of ollie hunter any final thoughts that today could be the the first day of free agency is always interesting the next two days are generally 
where Super Bowl teams are made. So keep your keep oh. your eyes peeled for, for oh. interesting signings. On that note, on that brilliant ending to the show, thank you very much for listening. This has been the Gridiron Show. Hazel Irvin here at Spencer Park in Coventry, where 37-year-old Emily and her mates are taking part in a fancy dress fun run to fundraise for sports relief. And that means I've been lumbered with her dog, Tilly. Oh, Tilly, not over there. And they're off. An impressive array of costumes on show today, everything from penguins to pirates, all taking on poverty and injustice. Respect. Spectacular. Poverty getting crushed by Katie on a space hopper. Easy. Coming into the final stretch now, and it's neck and neck. I think we're in for a photo finish here. But it's Suzanne smashing through injustice. She is our winner. Hey, Tilly, get off my tutu. Tilly, sit. You can help change the world too. Just get your exclusive Sport Relief merchandise at Janeiro's Sainsbury's. Sport Relief. It's game on. This message was brought to you by Acast. <laughs>